Hi, and welcome to Dunking Biscuits, providing etiquette for modern times. My name is Emma, and yes, again, here's Grace. <laughs> it's me. Hello. How are we doing? I'm yeah, back. Yeah, really good. Um, Grace and I were talking, and we just thought the best way to end 2021 was to tell some good good news stories. And we've collected a few that we have found in the last week, or maybe something that we've um, already heard of, but just something that makes us feel good to end the year, as it has been a difficult year and two years of that, really. So yeah. what better way to end the year rather than talking about New Year's and being like resolutions and like, you know, this next year's going to be better. It's just talking about good things that happen this year because I feel like a lot of negativity. I feel like it's too risky to say yeah. that next year's going to be like we've been burned before. Yeah. So like, I'm nervous. Let's just celebrate good things that actually happened this year. Yes. And I think that's the best way of doing that. So doing Grace will have our first story. Cool. Um, so all of mine today are from, there's a link on the ABC News website just called Good News. And it's just small little good news stories that happen throughout the day. So if you're ever having a bad day and you just want to read a good story, I highly recommend ABC Good News. It is where we get a lot of our good news stories from. I'm assuming um, you, but- that's Australian, just... Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so our first one is called Bin Day, Not Half Rubbish for Mackay Man Doing His Neighbour a Favour. It's quite a lengthy title. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened is a man in Mackay, Nick Doherty, forgot to take his bin out. So he asked his neighbour Carl for a favour. So he just sent him a message being like, would you please be able to take my bins out? And his neighbour Carl responded, yeah, sure, no problem. Any particular place, Mavito's, Bavarian, Rabbit Hole, which I'm assuming are like bars around um, the <laughs> Mackay area. I've never been there, but making an assumption. Mm-hmm. And so then Nick replied, yeah, all of them. He's like, yeah, great, I'll send you some pics um, and caption it as the bin out on the town. And so what Carl did <laughs> is he took the bin out on the town. And Amazing. as we read, <laughs> read through the article, um, it's – just photos of the bin visiting the iconic pubs, the harbour, um, hardware stores, fast food um, places, and even the local dump. Um, the f- uh, bin phoned home from a pay booth and even had some fish and chips. And, yeah, so this man just took the guys. And, like, the bin was empty, so the mm. bin had been emptied and then was taken around town. And Amazing. I just think that's a really funny interpretation of can you take my bin out. Um, and so it was just heartbreaking. Uh, sorry, the guy said... Um, it was just heartbreaking to see all these businesses doing it tough. So he thought if he could make people smile, um, that would be a good thing. So, yeah, so he just went around and went to Bunnings, uh, went to BWS, like all the local spots. So Seems I like that, that bin was... got more out more than I did in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I just thought that was a good news story. There's photos of the bin at the beach. Like, yeah. Amazing. Just... <laughs> a neighbor amazing. obviously had a day off and just had a fun time doing his maid a favor. Could you like just picture yourself being that person? You're having a good day. Like, yes, it's silly. Yes, it's a bit of effort. But the whole time, yeah. you're just like, this is funny. This is hilarious. Yeah. Like, this is going to make people laugh. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so there's a photo of the bin standing in front of other bins. I think that's my favorite one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So just good times. Amazing. Alrighty, on to your first good news story. Feels like we're doing the questions, but we're yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so mine is actually double-ended. So what I mean by that is I've actually reported about the story previously. So if you think back to, um, uh, I think it was like late last year, 2020, 
um, there was a boy, Wyoming boy, um, whose story of saving his then four-year-old sister from a dog attack. Um, And anyway, so he was invited to the Superman set by Tom Holland. And um, the actor came through on his promise last year after seeing this act. And I remember we talked about how he loves, like, Marvel. And anyway, so um, especially Spider-Man. I'm not sure if you've heard, but there's a movie out of Spider-Man. Yeah, no. there's been no advertising for it. Anyway, so um, that came through on his promise from the year before um, for the hero. So I've actually got um, uh, his – so the boy's name's Bryden, Bridey. Sorry, I just want to make sure I say this correctly. Bridger, sorry, my apologies. Um, anyway, so um, it's from his dad. So he's, he has a – they have an Instagram account. His dad has an Instagram account that he documents – his family's um, lives on. And anyway, so um, remember when Tom Holland uh, promised uh, Bridger he could come to the filming of Spider-Man? He delivered. First, a huge thank you to Tom. Um, uh, I never – is it Zendaya? Zendaya. Zendaya. And the yeah. entire Marvel, Sony cast and crew for this dream come true adventure. When we first arrived on set – um, I was a little apprehensive that once the curtain was pulled back that the magic of the movies would be lost for the kids. The opposite was true. Um, the entire cast and crew made our kids feel like stars. They don't just act the part of the friendly neighbourhood heroes. That's what they truly are. The look on the kids' faces was priceless when we rounded the blue screen to see Tom in full costume, high above the set on a light post. It was an emotional it was emotional to see him wave at the kids like he was one of the, like he was the one that was supposed to be there, um, to be excited, not the other way around. So like Tom was excited to see them rather than them seeing yeah. Tom. A short time later, Tom and Zendaya came over. I will never forget the grace and kindness they showed our children. Zendaya immediately approached my teenage daughter and told her how much she loved her nails. I don't know if she'll ever know how much that simple act means to me. To see my sweet daughter light up with self confidence and joy. Um, Harry Holland, which I think is his dad, apologies yeah. if it's not, um, was our personal guide throughout the day. And all I can say um, is, oh no, so it's his brother, sorry, Harry Holland is his brother, um, is his parents. Um, must be so proud. He's such a gentleman and generally good person. I cannot imagine there are many humble and gracious young men in all of Hollywood as than the Holland boys. Um, we have loved seeing the reviews for the Spider-Man movie. While there's been so many reasons it will go down as one of the best ever, I personally think it will. It will. Um, it's because the cast and crew are good, kind, and passionate people. Individuals who heard about a little boy's injury who wanted to make it right. People who are willing to stop a very busy day of shooting to make my little boy smile and give him a chance to web swing with his hero. Um, thank you again to everyone who played some role in Bridges' special day. So. The crazy part is, if you can see these photos, which I think we'll put up in our stories next week um, yeah. when this episode comes out, um, and he's actually the bridge is actually fully harnessed on Tom, and they fly like they leave the ground. Um, and there's a photo of him and his family, um, and set, and um, Bridges and his like the full spider yeah, mask yeah. stuff. They're doing movements. They're showing where he's going, like. It's unbelievable. Like, if you could tell, if you were a Spider-Man fan, that would be a dream come true. Just next level. Um, situation. It's just so nice that a boy who 
um, possibly just thought he was doing what he's supposed to be doing by looking after his sister. Um, obviously, yeah. I don't even remember the photo, but he has quite the scar on his face yeah. um, from the dog. And um, so just really sweet, really nice to hear that um, good things happen to those who are also good and just a lovely way to round that story up. And it's just so nice because, like, it's such an easy thing for these celebrities to do to, like, organise a day like this. Like, they clearly have the connection. So it's one day for them. But this will be Bridges' life. Like, he'll remember this day forever. Like, the mum will, like, seeing that with her kids and, like, the daughter. Like, it's huge for them. Yeah. So I love this. So, Grace, what is your next story? So this one, we are heading to Riverland where a family is spending holiday joy one Christmas light at a time. And it when it says Riverland, it's in Renmark, which I want to say New South Wales? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like it's New South Wales or Victoria or something. Anyway, we're going to Renmark, <laughs> where um, a tradition that spans half a decade, um, the Christmas light display at 101 Rialto Street in Renmark West, um, is growing in size and popularity as each year passes. So the Tassios family, so Paul and his daughters Anya and Lexi, um, have been bringing joy to um, their community for half a decade through their breathtaking curation of, and I want you to guess how many Christmas lights you think they have on their property. Um, I just looked it up. It's in South Australia. Oh, um, <laughs> um, okay, so we have a little set of lights and – yeah. Um, I know there's like 250 on ours, which is yeah. like, it seems like a lot, but it doesn't take that much. I'm going to say, just because it seems like it should be a th- like crazy number, like over a 1,000. Yeah. yeah, much. 67,000. <laughs> oh, my <like> goodness. <laughs> so last year they had 53,000, and then this year they've stepped it up to 67,000, and that's not including the lasers, apparently. Right. Um, so they start putting up this decoration in the September holidays in the second week. And that's how long it takes for it to actually be completed because oh like 67,000, that's, that's <laughs> a big job. Yeah. And um, there's also a rustic nativity scene, um, from a wooden, uh, apricot trays to an old, and an old picking machine that was used, um, to do the treetops and the roofs of the house and stuff. But the best thing about this story is that, um, through this, obviously, it's quite an attraction. Like, people come and see. So what they do is um, every night they make honey joys and they hand it out to each visitor for a gold coin donation. So if you give a gold coin. so um, And each year they raise money for a cause that's close to their hearts. So last year they raised um, just over $2,600 for the Flying Doctor's Service. Wow. Um, previously, they've raised money for breast cancer to honour um, a person in their family who um, sadly passed away from it. And this year they are um, collecting donations to go towards children's cancer. So um, a friend of Mr. Tazios's um, lost his daughter earlier this year to cancer. And so that's why they've chosen to honour that this year. So I love Christmas lights. For someone who's as grinchy as I am, love a Christmas light. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that they're also taking a very spectacular view and doing something good with it. So that's my second good news story is raising money for good causes. As I think Christmas lights is something that it's just it, it just brings joy. So yeah. um and then being able to raise money is also amazing. Yeah. Just nice. And also for those who don't live in Australia, Christmas is in summer and it's like 
the middle like this like daylight savings is well and truly on its way and like yeah like oh our longest day was two days ago yeah so like it doesn't get dark like let's say 8 39 o'clock yeah like Like, we're recording this and it's 7 30 now and like if i were to drive somewhere right now i'd have my sunnies on and i wouldn't have my car headlights on like it's yeah bright and so when you do christmas lights in australia you have to like you can't just go do them at like four o'clock and walk around because the lights aren't on so it's yeah. a very different experience to those in the northern hemisphere <laughs> yeah where um, you can go out at four o'clock and yeah. eat as well so like kids kids in australia unless they stay extra up extra late don't really go see christmas lights until they're like five or seven because it's just yeah. it's just not possible <laughs> you've got to wait oh they've got to have a late night and then they'll be yeah. cranky the next day yeah so i just think that's amazing that is truly an amazing story yeah it's a good one Alrighty, over to you again. Where are we going now? Um, we are in Australia. I nice. believe, um, I'm not sure exactly where in Australia, but um, it's called Napa Centre. It's the um, N-A-P-A-C-E-N-T-E-R. And basically it is a centre where children who have been born with some sort of challenge of movement and they learn how to move, basically. Um, or how they can move better. And we are introduced to a boy called Tom. So Tom was born at 29 weeks, which um, is very early, um, weighing 953 grams, so not even a kilo. That's not many. No, so he spent the first 290... Oh, Forest Hill. Sorry oh, Forest Hill. Perfect. No, that's yeah. good. Um, we spent the first 290 days of his life in um, special care. And came home um, uh, on full-time supplementary oxygen with a feeding tube. So um, quite dependent, I guess, would be the best way to describe that. Um, We're told he had global development delay and that in time he would catch up with his peers. Um, So, you know, quite quite a long time to get out of hospital, but also, you know, He'll have time, but it will take him a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so, but two years later, Tom was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Oh. So, at the age of two, um, both doctors and therapists told parents Jennifer and Andrew that with this diagnosis, he would never walk independently or talk. And we have a reel, and uh, I can't. I don't want to spoil it for people because you should just watch it. But yeah, um, it's unbelievable. They have footage of him very early on and then footage again of him um, doing all these different exercises. And at the end, let's just say there's a running machine. And yeah, um, we'll put this up because it is – I when I first saw it, I literally cried. Like <laughs> I was obviously yeah. a bit emotional at the time, but I was just like I am just – I just it just brings me so much joy to see something that um, had happened. And basically he had been um, – he had been working on, I think it goes three times a week and, um, yeah, three times a week and then he was able to um, to do this amazing thing that doctors and therapists said he would never be able to do. So it's and unbelievable. I, I watched the reel that you sent and at the beginning, like the amount of like like harnesses and all the gear he has to wear, it's quite confronting. Oh, yeah. Like it reminded me – 
like and it because it doesn't look like it's very like new technology like the harnesses and it's all straps and everything like it reminded me of Forrest Gump yeah like, that's why that's why like, I'm like it's just um it's just it's just it's just seems like a movie like the way that yeah. they've um shown his progress so but um definitely yeah. a real worth sharing so good yeah it's amazing I just yeah cannot believe this but yeah um I would definitely put it up for you to see so you can watch it yourself and um and enjoy watching it because you can also see the the happiness that he has on his face yeah he's ecstatic love it another great news story even though we kind of haven't really finished it go to our instagram at ducking biscuits podcast and watch it because honestly oh like i teared up too like it's so special yeah amazing i just watched it again (laughs) it's just (laughs) it's so good okay oh man i'll I'll pull it together hang on (laughs) So, Grace, what is your next story? All right, another Christmas one. Once again, for the self-confessed Grinch. Um, See if we're doing a lot of Christmas content. But a farmer donates 600,000 carrots to ensure Santa's reindeer are well-fed this Christmas. Oh, my God. So one of Australia's biggest (laughs) carrot producers is getting into the Christmas spirit by ensuring Santa's reindeers can perform at their best. So Victorian-based carrot farmers Rocky, La Martina and Sons um, are donating 90 tonnes of carrots to a, su- a national supermarket chain so families can take one home to put out for, and then it lists the eight reindeer's names, so Dash and yep. Dance Apprentice, yeah. Um, yeah, so it roughly equates to around 600,000 carrots. And while it sounds like a lot, he just maintains that Santa and his team have an important job to do and they need all the energy they can get. Um, so he was inspired uh, because his children have been leaving carrots out for the reindeer for the number of years. So he's got a six-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old niece. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of them, that's why he was inspired to do this. Um, and on, just on Christmas morning, he loves seeing them um, like run out and see like the carrots have been chewed or like taken away or like crunched up a bit. So yeah, so just a cute thing. That is adorable. I think yeah. like the that part of christmas is the the part that's like adds the magic that makes sense kids definitely make christmas yeah like just the joy they bring like i have a niece um on my mum's side of the family i'm not really close with her mum but my mum spends a lot of time with my niece and i was on the (laughs) phone to her yesterday and just like she's only three and just like the amount of joy she had was talking about santa i was just like oh my god like you are way too cute way too pure and just just pure excitement like, yeah and like you know the, the the i guess the rituals or the traditions of yeah getting ready for and santa and just like it's just cute yeah she was like he's gonna bring me a truck and a train i was like that's a lot of machinery for a three-year-old girl like, <laughs> but you got this go for it <laughs> all righty let's do it another one from you what you got Okay, we are going to um, Queensland, nice. and the the front or the image that I have in front of me is from Instagram ABC News underscore AU, <laughs> classic, um, and it's from Catherine uh, Robinson, and um, she is a QPWS, which is Queensland Parks and Wildlife Service um, Recovery Project Officer. Said so without. Our help, these turtles would die from the heat in, of, of the day. It's a lot of work to get them down to the water's edge, but it's really rewarding. It's 15 minutes of your life, but it's her life. So, 
this is actually that's the their like little blurb, but it's titled "This yeah. is Great News." So, Queensland Park and Wildlife Services rangers, together with traditional owner rangers, have rescued seventy four endangered green sea turtles from lethal sun exposure um, during this year's annual nesting season on Rain Island. The island, um, about six hundred kilometers north of Cairns, in the North Coral East Coral Sea. So, if you think of Australia, there's like the pointy bit on the right-hand side that yep, is like up near that way. Yep. Um, is the largest nesting site for these um, endangered species. So the QPWS Rain Island Recovery Project Officer, Catherine um, Robertson, said more than 12,000 turtles um, congregated on and around the island in the 2021 nesting season. It's a pretty amazing sight. On a nightly basis, we see more than 5,000 turtles ashore trying to nest, which is, I can't even think of how that what look like. Like, it just sounds yeah. like too many turtles. Um, <laughs> during the ranger's 14-day visit to Rain Island, they venture out each morning, walking the hot sands in search of stranded females too exhausted from an evening of digging nests, laying eggs, and covering them up to make it back to the water's edge. Each turtle weighing upwards of 100 kilos... <laughs> The rescue effort is no small task. Um, the QPWS rangers with the Wathagi, Wathangi, sorry, and Miramam Nation rangers will return to Rain Island in February to monitor hatching numbers on, across the island. So basically, if people weren't there to help the mother turtles return to the mm. ocean, um, they would... That the survival of them would, like, they'll just be dead on the beach, which is yeah. really sad. The photo and so there, confronting to see. Like, yeah. their efforts are huge. The photo that they've got there, it just looks like there's a lot of rocks, but then if you look closely, they're all turtles. It's, just, it's like, a, like a weird thing. You're like, oh, there's a lot of rocks. And you're like, oh, my. They're just oh, turtles. No. They're yeah. just, like, beach covered in turtles. It's just wild. Anyway. Amazing. So, so good. Super amazing. Um, you can actually follow at QLD Parks for more stories about what they do oh, to yeah. help um, preserve, especially uh, North Queensland endangered species. Yeah, so. I feel like there's so many, like, just, like, I think, like, Northern Queensland, like, it's very, like, tropical, lots of animals, lots of beaches and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. important and work being done up there. Yeah, really important because if it's not done, it's, it's like, the end of that, like, species Yeah, again. that's it. They're out. We need to look after the animals when we can rather than be like, oh, I wish we had done more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, remember when we had turtles? Yeah. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Grace, please tell us your fourth story. Okay. So one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and if you haven't watched it, um, I highly recommend you watch um, Old People's Home for four-year-olds. It's on oh Netflix God. now. It's on ABC iView. It's the best show on the planet. Um, but a retirement home in Margaret River is doing that. So um, residents from an aged care facility in WA Southwest, so down in Margaret River, um, at the Baptist Care, Mirambina Residential Care, and the Children's Centre of Margaret River um, are doing the intergenerational play and the like. they're doing the visits and it's just really good. Um, so Patricia Twine, who is one of the residents at the residential care home, um, boards the bus every fortnight to go visit the children and she just adores seeing them. She gets really excited because some of them come running up to her and they sit on her lap and she just really loves that. 
So she says she just loves being around the children just because they're so fun. And um, the coordinator of the program, um, Nicole Batessi, Batess, um, she says it's just lovely to see the recognition develop um, between the elderly visitors and the children. So when they arrive, the kids get excited and then the elderly members of the group also get really excited. So some people, some children might not see their grandparents and then some of the um, older people might not see their grandchildren. So it's just really nice um, for the two different groups to have a nice morning together. So they only do it once a fortnight, but that's like enough to build up the rapport and to get um, like those relationships building. So um, they have music, they play board games, they do singing and dancing. Um, they've done guinea pig handling and yeah and they say there's been a visible improvement in the residents which that's the bit that makes my heart so happy oh, yeah so everybody is just so happy and it's nice um for the people to like leave the residential care and go somewhere with a change of scenery and they always feel good like about themselves on their way back so it's a real win-win so just like it's my favorite show on the planet it's such a genius concept it's so and, simple but obviously yeah. like i the idea is simple, but I think it would take a lot of effort to organise because oh, of definitely. transport or, like, the facilities, etc. Um, but the if you haven't seen the show, it is like, so heartwarming and they show physical, emotional, um, mental um, benefits for the elderly hanging out with these children. Like and the young children as well. Yeah, like yeah. they grow too. And but like me, like tears every episode. But like yeah. good tears, just because yeah. I'm like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. <laughs> good so times. Beautiful. Alrighty, give us your number four. Where are we going to next? What's the good news? Um, we are actually going to do some TED talks. So. Ew. Another area which I quite like, I tend to go towards the weird and wonderful area of TED Talks. I feel like yeah, there's some, some that I'm like, there. oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. But I would be like when, I don't know, an example is like they're like, I used to be part of a cult and this is what I, my life is now. I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. I love I am, cult stories. I'm like, I am ready. Like I'm ready yeah. to listen to your story. So I this one's not about that. <laughs> this one is about... Um, an eight-year-old Gold Coast girl TED Talk is the world's biggest hit of 2021. So she's only small, but Molly Wright has something big to say, and tens of millions of people around the world have listened. Molly was just seven at the time of her talk, Thrive by Five, was recorded making her the youngest person to present in TED's history. Um, Since July 2021, Molly's presentation about how parents and carers can better connect with children under five has been viewed more than 4.8 million times on the TED website and more than 50 million views across social media, which is wild. There's a lot of people watching that. Um, Molly beat some big names, um, including American activist and poet Amanda Gorman, author Adam Grant, psychology professor, I'm going to say this name wrong, apologies in advance, Yuku Manakataka, and neuroscientist Lisa Genova. Um, to take out the top spot this year. I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, wow, I feel so wonderful. It's such an amazing way to end the year, said Molly, who's eight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) TED Talks are influential videos from experts, speakers on education, business, science, tech, and creativity with um, subtitles in more than a 1,000 languages. So 
um, they tend to go for about 20, 25 minutes is an average. Yeah. That's decent. Yeah. It's a lot for an eight-year-old to remember, to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Um, Australian philanthropic – oh, my God, I never can pronounce it. Philanthropist. <laughs> no, thropic. It's philanthropic group. Oh. The Mindaroo Foundation commissioned Molly's talk, which addressed the ways – for adults to engage with and create meaningful connections with young children as their brains are developing. One key advice for parents is to put down your phone and actually interact with your child. So basically the reason why I chose this story is because I just love the fact that a young girl has yeah. so many views about something that she's been affected by or has been involved with recently because yeah. obviously she's still young or seven when she recorded and I think it's more powerful coming from a child than from an adult. 100%. Because, um, yeah, I just think – and I would – I was I like, Jeff and I, obviously, we have phones. We look at them. And, like, we make, it, we make an effort not to try and be on it around our daughter. But she – like, it's, it's so hard because it's so intertwined in our lives. Yeah. And, um, like – it's just like, and also because our TV is connected to our phone, so we do everything via as like a remote cell phone. And so, like, yeah. if you if we want to put the TV on, TV on, I'm always using my phone. So it's just very, it's hard to explain to her that you can't touch the phone, or we're not supposed yeah. to touch the phone. And so, yeah, we just try and do our best. But um, any parent who is also trying, I would recommend watching this. It's very insightful. Kind of makes you feel guilty, but in a good way, if that makes sense, like a good way to yeah, make just you like in a like change, in a change behavior. Kind of yeah, it might make you change your behavior slightly. So, yeah. um, depending on how you're raising your children, so I just thought it'd be a good way to point it out um, as a good news story because it's super impressive, um, but also very powerful. So insightful for an eight-year-old. We love to see it. Yeah, amazing. Your fifth and last story for 2021. Alrighty, my final one. We are going international and we are going to Ganju in China. Yes. Where scientists have announced the discovery of an exquisitely preserved dinosaur embryo from at least 66 million years ago that was just this. preparing to hatch. It like was a baby it's amazing. Chicken. Oh my God. It's so cool. Yeah. Make sure I would definitely share this one um, to our stories. But yeah, but the fossil was discovered um, and belonged to a toothless theropod dinosaur or an aviratroposaur. Um, yep, nailed that one, which the researchers <laughs> have dubbed baby Yingliang. Um, so it's one of several fossil eggs that have been forgotten in storage for decades. What do you, and, I don't know, when I read that, I was like, what does that even mean? Like, as yeah. if someone just forgot about there was a fossilized egg and they're like, like oh, I wonder what's in this crate over there. Oh! <laughs> Boost, I found the eggs. Is it is it um, not labelled? Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, the research team suspected the fossils might have contained unborn dinosaurs and scraped off part of the eggshell to uncover the embryo hidden within. And it's one of the best embryos ever found in history. They said, humble brag, one of the best. We found it. Um, after we lost it. <laughs> yeah, after we lost it for many years. Um so, yeah, so embryos are the rarest fossils that um, have been found and most of them are incomplete. Um, lots of the time, like, bones are dislocated so they're not in the right spots yet just because they're not fully baked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, but this uh, discovery will help answer a lot of questions about dinosaur growth and reproduction. 
and it just looks like a little baby bird curled it's up in so its egg. Weird. Like it genuinely looks like a bird. It's, like it's so cool. It's it one of those things where you're like, so, like you know, of like how dinosaurs were erased and whatnot, but like yeah. some like some sort of genetic or like genome or like something was kept, like or was yeah. preserved or was somehow passed on to animals that weren't affected by, um, you know, like just I just don't understand how it can still be connected to an animal that's around today. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just baffling. Like how? But, yeah, so that's my final uh, good news story is a really old embryo, like 66 <laughs> million years. Like that's huge. Like, baffling. Many years. Baffling, baffling, baffling. <laughs> All righty, let's wrap it up. What's your final story, Mr. <laughs> Keith? I'm like, I've got the Carol's like, back end light on in the background. I'm like pointing at Grace, being like, you need it. It's, it's your turn. Let's start it. Let's start it. Hey, we've only been doing this for 77 episodes. You can't expect me to be a pro. <laughs> All, All right. right. So we are going to the hap- so the underscore happy underscore broadcast um, on Instagram. Nice. Love these guys. They do little cartoons. Yeah. Excellent. Very cute. So, um, they did a um, on the oh on the twenty second um, so Wednesday twenty second of twenty twenty one they did a best happy animal news of twenty twenty one and I'm going nice. to read them because who doesn't love good animal news stories yeah Adam bring it let's do it all right the first one babies on board only seventy three southern resident or um, orcas exist in the wild. Um, so if you want to know what kind of animal that is, think very willy. Um, nice. Scientists have discovered that three of them are pregnant and one is close yes. to giving birth. So super stoked seeing there's yeah. so little of these particular um, orcas um, and just unbelievable. Yeah. So very, Great. very excited. Number one, we love tick. Yeah. Next one. Um, 80% of California winemakers who used to rely on toxic pesticides are now using barn owls as a pesticide-free alternative to protect vines and eliminate pests. Did you say pesticides? Did I really? Pest to size. <laughs> pest. Pest to size. the gym, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically owls just hang out so um, they get rid of the bugs and yeah. they don't have to use toxins. So Yeah, it's cool. Amazing. Um, so incredible news, an entire herd of elephants from a British zoo will be released into the wild in Kenya in what is conservation calling the a world's first, which is actually what we recorded this about uh, this uh, yeah. um, story a few weeks ago. So we already, sort of, we already knew about the story, but yeah. also still very exciting. <laughs> um, Mexico has banned animal testing for cosmetics. It's the first yes. country in North America to outlaw the practice. Amazing. And the picture is um, a rabbit with some... With the maracas. Maracas <laughs> dancing. Cute. Um, so, mind blown. Scientists have discovered that whales store huge amount of carbon dioxide. If we helped whales turn, uh, sorry, return to their pre-whaling numbers, they capture 1.7 billion tonnes of carbon per year. What? <laughs> that's a lot 
So not only having so many things of great quantity tonight. Yeah. (laughs) So not only would obviously we would have more whales, which yeah, you know who wouldn't want that after what a lot of destroying is the best way of putting it. Um, has happened. Um, I just think that's crazy. So if we can, that's cool. You know, return them to their pre-whaling numbers, which I don't know how long that would take. Um. But, yeah, they store it, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so, big news for the cat, big cats. In a major move, South Africa will finally ban the breeding of lions in captivity for trophy hunting or for tourists to pet. Good. So, it will basically be only bred for, um, like, endangered Reproduction? Reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to make sure that they're... Um, in conservations and stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. Not like Tiger Kings. No. No, no, no. <laughs> um, okay. European Parliament overwhelm- overwhelmingly voted for in favour of phasing out caged animal farming in response to a petition signed by 1.4 million EU citizens. Huge. Massive. Absolutely massive. Which, like, I understand not having caged animals, but it's just one of those things where... You have to also be like mindful that if they're not in a cage, you need more space. So yeah, um, where's that space going to be? I guess yeah, it's a big deal land wise, but yeah. worthwhile. Oh, totally worthwhile. Just it's yeah. just it's not as easy just being like ah, oh, we'll just put them on a farm. It's like yeah, it's, there needs to be some logistics and planning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, friends make our lives better and longer. A new study reveals that female giraffes live longer when surrounded by female friends that help with raising children and reduce harassment from males. Aww. Yeah, the girls. And that's it. That is our final 2021 good news story. Yeah, lots of good news. This has been a very uplifting little episode. Woo! So cute. Um, So what we'll do is um, we will have each story numbered um for our like instagram stories so you can actually what if you want to click on particular ones you know which one was talking yeah. about um and yeah so then you can actually maybe read it a bit more or uh, know where to find them or yeah um, do maybe some, some more research into more, it yeah more instagram um pages you want to follow um based on our um where we find these stories yeah but that's it. No, yeah, I was like, are we going to wrap up? What's no, this is it. We're 2021, we are done. Um, Grace and I are going to have, is it three weeks off? Yeah, we we'll, we'll be back just before January 26th. Or that'll be our first episode. Yeah. So first episode back is Jan 26th. And um, just need some time off and we want to yeah. relax. And this takes up a See, lot of our time, so we need to make sure that we... It does. <laughs> We've got to handle all the sponsorships and the partnerships and... Like dealing with the studio, like yeah. obviously their execs are taking the summer oh, yeah. off. So, <laughs> so um, it's a lot. No, I think it's, I would say personally, I like not to drag on like the negativity from what we've just done, but I'm, I'm a bit burnt out. So I do need some time. Yeah. I need some um, reset, which I think. And that's definitely a vibe like around like a lot of people that I work with are the same. Like, oh, do you have any plans for the summer? No, just going to relax. And, yeah. like, that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks is just relaxing, eating my weight in Christmas ham, 
yeah. drinking a lot of wine, living it up, yeah. doing good things. Yeah. So, um, we hope you have a, a great new year and we will see you in a few weeks. In 2022. Have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs>